Welcome back to the show. I want to touch on home ownership. Uh, we had a press release uh, sent to us today, and I think Mike Smith's show will be focusing on this particular re- uh, release sent by Generation Squeeze. That's the organization that talks about home ownership and how difficult it is for a younger generation to get into the housing market. Now, the poll they did was conducted by Research Co. It's a well-known polling firm here uh, in Vancouver. Uh, And what they said in this press release, it says, this year marks half a century since the government of Canada created a home ownership tax shelter. Well, I'd kind of disagree with even the first sentence, sentence, that's me. Now, the shelter, it says, exempts increases in the value of principal residence from taxation. No other wealth windfall enjoys such favorable tax treatment. What that means in plain English is this, if you're a homeowner, the value your home increases by, well, they're saying that that should be taxed, that anybody in their principal residence, and we as Canadians, if you happen to buy a home, let's say in 2001, you've seen your house prices probably double, if not more than that, and that increase, that value, should be taxed because it's much more difficult for uh, local folks and a younger generation to get into the housing market. And they said, based on their polling, and the question that they ask is, is do you think um, uh, homes valued over a million dollars should pay a small surtax uh, when they are sold? Now, according to this release, 10% uh, of folks who own homes are own homes that are valued above $1 million. I'm sure that sounds really expensive to anybody living in Nova Scotia, but as we know, living in the lower mainland, a million dollars doesn't get you very far. Now, the poll results show that that 62% of Canadians support implementing a modest surtax paid by Canadians who own homes valued above $1 million. Obviously, the support is highest in Atlantic Canada. I don't know how many million-dollar-plus homes in regards to average homes there are. Saskatchewan and Manitoba, 72%. Alberta, 68%. Quebec, 66%. So the numbers are are quite interesting. Uh, uh, It also says a majority of Canadians, 55%, agree that the rise in housing wealth inequality is unfair to retirees in the prairies in Atlantic Canada. It talks about um, young people uh, being impacted uh, as well. Uh, In BC and Ontario, get this, uh, roughly 25% of households own homes valued above $1 million. So I'm getting our producers together. I want to talk about this. I said, forget the experts. We're going to, we always hear from them. Let's just talk to folks who are either entering or trying to enter the housing market and a Gen Xer like myself. Joining me now is Ryan Lee Hall, our technical producer, Stephen Chang, our uh, producer, along with Bianca Rego, who is also a producer here at CKNW. Bianca, Stephen, Ryan, welcome. Hello. 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 So, Stephen, let me start with you. First of all, what do you think of the idea of taxing somebody's principal residence uh, who want to sell their property a small surtax on that profit? Well, I think it depends on where the taxes are going to go. It says here in the poll that uh, people are, are more likely to support this tax if it pays for income tax cuts, if it leads to more affordable housing, uh, it reduces wealth inequality. So it's really conditional for me, I think, um, to where this tax money would go if we pay for it. And especially if it's a like a principal residence, I'm kind of hesitant about supporting this tax when it comes to that. If it's like a business or, sorry, not a business, like if you're renting out another property that you own, 
sure, okay, maybe there's a reason for that. But for a principal residence, I'm not entirely sure. I'm kind of like mm-hmm. iffy about it. But like I said earlier, it does depend on where the taxes go. Yeah. I mean, second and third properties, will you'll be paying capital gains. This is the principal residence. So this is one of those underlying debates. And sometimes they are generational. But let, let's be honest here. Millennials who got in early and buying a condominium or a townhouse have also seen the value of their homes. And some of them will be paying uh, this uh, this uh, tax on uh, on the principal residence. Now, according to this study, it says in the mid-70s, it took the typical young person five years of full-time work to save a 20% down payment uh, for for an average priced home. Now, it takes 17 years. Now, my guess is it's probably higher when you look at uh, uh, cities like Vancouver. Bianca, give me a sense of what it's like in the market now for housing, either as rental or buying? I mean, what's it like out there? It's really difficult. Um, As someone, as you know, who's been uh, struggling to find a residence at the moment, there are so many people who are looking for A, nice housing, and B, housing that doesn't completely break the bank, that you are up against so many different type of people and some of them who will just up the value of the apartment in order to get it. So actually succeeding, which is something I've never had to deal with, is not actually getting the apartment I apply for, is really difficult right now. And um, just on what Stephen was saying, I completely agree. It depends on if those taxes were to go to younger generations who are trying to enter the housing market. Mm -hmm. I think that would be beneficial. Um, and that's the one reason I would probably support it. Yeah, but but there's no guarantee. I mean, it, the challenge we have is let's say it's a million. Let's just say it's a million dollars. How do you take that million dollar townhouse in the suburbs and reduce the cost down to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? I'm just pulling a number out of the year. That's affordability. But how does an elected official go to uh, a, a homeowner who votes as elect me? And I will destroy your home equity by 25%. (laughs) Just vote for me and we'll call it affordability. I mean, it, it doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't. That's very true. But it also depends on like maybe Gen Zers, they're like getting older now. They can vote. They, they are, I mean, I, I still think it's a supply issue. I think we, we've got so many outdated um, uh, sort of uh, local bylaws. Yes, we've spent so much time on single-family homes. We should be spending more time on different types of housing. You know, uh, David Eby's been talking about that a little bit. I think those are the areas. More supply is an issue. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there are some tax issues that we can look at, but I just don't think going after... Uh, someone's principal residence. Yes, uh, you can live there and you can, and I'm a Gen X where I got into the housing market, was fortunate and not smarter than anybody else, just lucky, just got in at a, at a different time, a different era. It's very difficult now for anybody to get in, especially the single family market. Ryan, how about you? I mean, your thoughts on, uh, as a millennial, of principal residence, a tax being attached to it when you sell your principal residence that you pay that surtax? Uh, you know what? If it helps uh, people like myself, Bianca and Steven end up one day owning a home, yeah. then I'm all for it. I mean, when I really think about it, whenever we we talk about housing, I always think about when is someone like me ever going to be able to actually afford a single family home within the next five years? Probably not. 10 years? Yeah, 15? Who knows? Uh, but do you think we should redefine what a house is? I mean, a city is growing. Maybe the, and I'm not saying that to be flippant here. Maybe the single family home model is perhaps something that we should forget about now. Not because a younger generation doesn't get doesn't deserve it. We're just a bigger city now, and the single family homes isn't what a home is going to be like. I think there's some validity to that as well. But also, just growing up, that's sort of what 
we know. Yeah. Right? That's what you dream of because that's how you grew up. That's how your parents grew up. You grew up to one day wanting to own a home, not necessarily um, whether it's, you know, renting or or even just buying a condo even. That's sort of never the end goal, I find, especially for our generation here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just find it funny that it, it represents it. I mean, it's not funny, but perhaps the right word is I just find it interesting that all these Canadians, you know, across the country are saying it's for homes for a million dollars or more. It really is a Vancouver and Toronto tax probably more than anything else. I mean, uh, my problem with this, and I, I looked at this and I just said, well, that's, that's nice, but here's the reality. Homeowners vote. And no homeowner is going to say, yeah, tax my principal residence, tax my nest egg at the end of the day. And a younger generation may not like that, but I can see this not occurring. I remember we did a segment, um, thinking back now, maybe six months ago, on the Homeowners Grant, which was launched by our provincial government under WAC Bennett, a premier from a different era. And basically, you get a small um, payback in regards to when you pay your property taxes. You get four, five, six, seven hundred, four, five hundred dollars, I believe. I happened to bring this up about six months ago. I think it's lousy policy. There's no way homeowners who can who can afford a home should get a four or five hundred dollars subsidy on the property tax. There's lots of renters out there. Perhaps uh, reduce the threshold. Perhaps include senior citizens so they're not impacted. But it's ridiculous for homeowners like myself to get that subsidy. I'll be the first one to say that. Uh, and that's just bad policy, but they're not getting rid of it. You know why? Because homeowners would be not rioting, but they sure would be protesting outside the legislature. Ain't going to happen anytime soon. So that's a, bad, a great, an ex- excellent case, in my personal opinion, of really, really bad policy that remains popular. And this, one, this particular recommendation here for taxing people and their principal residence and their profit it ain't going to fly. That's just my, my two cents. Um, overall, Bianca, I want to go to you here. Um, do you have any aspirations to live in a single family home or would you prefer uh, in, you know, in you know, places like Europe and Asia where you get a two or three bedroom flat and that is your house? As someone who did live in Hong Kong, like yeah. I would love to live there, but I can't right now. Um, I've always wanted to own a home. As Ryan was saying, it's just something you dream of because it's something that your parents did. And that's something you've always aspired to do. But in this day and age and in this economy, like how are you ever going to do that <laughs> if I can't even find an apartment to rent, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's it's wild out there. Yeah, it, it is. And the reason I want to talk to you guys about this is I understand that it might help. But, man, I don't know how you pass this through uh, any legislature, uh, provincial or federal. Uh, and I don't care what this poll says. Uh, it could be 30%. Those 30% all vote, and they will not allow their nest eggs to be taxed. My two cents, maybe I'm old, maybe I'm out of touch, maybe <laughs> you don't agree with me, but I think that's where we're at right now. But it is, as the generations move on, maybe something we'll be looking at. Thanks, guys. No, but young and broke. Thank Thanks, Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, having been in on the political side, I got to tell you, they're going to look at this. Go, this is nice. Any elected official, they go, well, great. What am I going to do? Tax the baby boomer? They're going to do that. A Gen Xer or millennials who also own as well. So it's not just the boomers, folks. Uh, Ryan, Steve, and Bianca, thank you so much.